Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening tonight. It's 7.05. Yeah, the Prospects game just getting underway. Remax Field will keep you updated. We're with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Leon Dreisaitl, new deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Eight years, $68 million. I know this uh, felt like it dragged on for some of you, but Dreisaitl says there was no rush. We were never in a rush uh, from from either side, I think, and um, we we both knew that uh, there's lots of time. And uh, for me, it was never never even a thought to 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 go anywhere else or or to to think about going anywhere else. So for me, it's uh, very exciting to to uh, to stay in Edmonton for eight years. All right, and uh, the full interview with Dreisaitl on the Oilers Now page on 630Ched.com. We'll have Bob Stoffer to give some of his thoughts later on on the show tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can always text 630-630, email insidesports at 630Ched.com if uh, anybody actually uses email anymore. Eskimos, 7-0. and Can they make it 8? Riley throws. It's uh, complete to Perkins across the 30, the 25, the 20, 15, 10. Touchdown, Eskimos! Ladarius Perkins takes the first pie out of the oven, and for the third straight game, the Eskimos have a touchdown on their opening drive. You know, we were talking about slow starts a few weeks ago. Well, so now, uh, as you heard Morley there in that call, they have a uh, opening drive touchdown three straight games. They'll try to make it four tomorrow in Winnipeg. Five o'clock countdown to kick off the game at 6.30. Morley Scott's the play-by-play voice. Morley, welcome back to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you tonight? Doing great. Something I have never asked you. Maybe I shouldn't, but it's become a bit of a catchphrase, so I'm going to ask you. First pie out of the oven. Where did you possibly come up with that? Is that just uh, your I... your personal love of taking pies out of the oven and eating them? <laughs> I, I, I love pie. Let's start there. I love pie with some ice cream on it. It's always good. I, that, that's a phrase I, I usually, I only use when the Eskimos score the first touchdown of the game. Uh, if the other team's already scored a touchdown, then I won't uh, I won't use that for the most part. But, yeah, I don't, I, you know what? To be honest, Reed, like a lot of things I say, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, uh, it's stuck. Uh, I, I like it. Uh, you know what? Be- before we talk about how this might work on the field, uh, Morley, the, the injury situation... I, I don't know if I want to say it's improved for the Eskimos because Sewell and Howard are out. Um, but it, it, at least it seems to me it hasn't gotten any worse than, than last week. Is that is that fair, or where, where, where are we at? They're, yeah, they're plus one going into this game as far as the injury situation goes. They're going to get 
back center Justin Sorensen. They're going to get back guard uh, Danny Grew. They're going to get back uh, receiver Duke Williams. But as you mentioned, they lost Sewell and Howard. So uh, they're hitting more back than they're losing, which hasn't happened much this year when you look at it. They had a game a couple of weeks ago where uh, they lost seven guys to injuries in the game. Uh, so this game is uh, a little bit better than it's been in the past. So they'll see. And Jason Moss has kind of hinted that in the next two or three weeks and maybe certainly by Labor Day or the, the rematch game, they might be where they need to be and where they thought they would be at the start of the season. So it looks like a lot of guys are very close to returning. We don't know who, we don't know when, but uh, it looks like they're close to coming back. The problem is it just seems week after week it's somebody else going down, and it's and it's multiple guys. Sometimes it's at the same position, but somebody's always getting hurt week in and week out for the Eskimos. It's just been one of those kind of years. They brought in uh, earlier this week, they had uh, practice, and, they felt they didn't have enough guys to get enough rep, to get all the reps in the needed or that the, some of the players would have to take too many reps. So they brought in some uh, junior players from the Huskies and the Wildcats. One of them had to be carted off the field. Even he got hurt. Uh, that's how oh, bad geez. it is. It's just around the Eskimos right now, you get hurt. And uh, they got to figure out a way to get out of this. You know, it's nothing they've done. It's nothing they're doing. It's just, for the most part, I think Reed is just playing dumb luck for them. And, and guys are just getting hurt left and right. Hopefully it's going to come to an end. Uh, they certainly are owed a few healthy games that's for sure well i'm not going to read off everybody because that would be a full segment of its own but just to give fans some context they have 16 players on the six game injured list now you can bring a guy off um but some of these i mean we know some guys like uh uh obviously uh white and 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 van and sherrett are going to be out for the season actually did they say van was going to be out for the season no this no, they white haven't and sherrett. said that yet they haven't said uh, that yet but i but i mean i know with the king brothers it, it, it doesn't look great uh marcus howard's on the sixth game uh amondo sewell's only on the one game so that's good uh, zilstra remains on the one they've just kind of been rolling him over on the one game yeah, and, and gary peters is on the uh one game and he practiced this week. He didn't play last week. He practiced for both days this week, but they just didn't feel he was ready. So I would assume he'd be ready to come back next week and play against the Saskatchewan Roughriders. So they will get some guys back next week as well. Here's the best number, the best way to put it, and, and I believe this is the correct number I came up with. They have 24 players who have started a game at their position. That includes long snapper, kicker, uh, whatever it may be, plus starting on offense and defense. But they have 24 guys who have started a game this year who have also spent time on the injured list this year. So that's, oh, that's just okay. an incredible number. I looked at the, the Blue Bombers' uh, injured list today. they got three guys on the sixth game and one guy in the one game. Sorry, say that again? Uh, the Bombers have six, three guys on the sixth game and one guy in the one game. they got four players hurt. And the Eskimos have, have 16 on the sixth hurt. game and four on the one game. A one on the one game for the uh, for the Bombers. Yeah, but the Eskimos have 16 and 4. Yeah, I know. Jeez, so that's, okay. that's when you compare it to what the Bombers have, it's incredible how how different it's been. And the Bombers this week are going with the exact same 46 players that they had on their roster last week. No changes for them, and there'll be no changes okay. for them on their 44 going into the game tomorrow. Wow, so, okay. So, uh, who, they've, so They've been healthy. They've been lucky. So who have the Eskimos actually said is out for the season? Sherritt, White, and Conar, uh, and Greenwood? Greenwood uh, and I think that's about it for sure i i i would guess uh, i don't know if it's for the season up but marcus howard looked like he was going to be out for a that long that could be time. a long one uh, but i'm just looking at the list here Sherrod white um and uh yeah that's greenwood and I conar think. they've actually it, 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 greenwood and conar they've actually said is out for the year is he not 
Uh, no, they haven't said that. Okay. They have not said that. So. Uh, um, all right, but I, I understand it could be a long one for Ryan yeah. King. There are too, some guys so, okay. who are going to be out for a pretty long time, if not the season, but there's some guys... As I said, who are going to be going to be pretty close to coming back in the next two three weeks? Okay, All right. it's amazing how much time we've spent talking about uh, injuries. So somebody just texted in, maybe we can work out a deal with the New York Jets to rent players. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. They usually don't. They usually don't move uh, that way. Well, I mean, we might get some NFL cuts soon. We'll see about well, that. Well, how about this though, uh, Reed? Uh, remember, K- I don't know if you remember KJ May, a receiver, was at training camp for the Eskimos this year. Uh, he was cut. I believe he played in the Winnipeg preseason game, the second preseason game, and he was cut. Uh, he scored a touchdown for the uh, New England Patriots last night in an NFL preseason game. You don't see guys moving that way usually, right? Especially no, that's a good point. Not that quickly, especially. Okay. Uh, Morley Scott joining us from Winnipeg. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. All right, so we've we've gone over as, as many injuries as we can. I did mention earlier, looks like Duke Williams is going to be back at, at slot back. Um, you know, Perkins, once again, the, the running back. Uh, so the D-line, well, we should talk about the D-line because that's been very strong. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting down the ability of Sewell and Howard because they're they're pretty valuable veterans. But I look at the Eskimos depth chart, and that D line still looks pretty good to me, Morley. Certainly, certainly does. Dequan Bowers and uh, Kwaku Botang will be the guys who will step in and take more of a more of a role. They'll both start tomorrow in in place of of the two guys who were hurt last week. So they're going to get an opportunity to play. And uh, Rakeem Yates, who was just signed this week, comes back. He was. Uh, on uh, practice roster for a while, then was released, and uh, now is back, and he'll back up Boateng tomorrow at one defensive end and likely get some time in a rotation with uh, Odell Willis. And uh, Mike Moore, who was uh, with Ottawa for a couple of years and played a game for the Eskimos earlier this year, has been here since the start of training camp. He's back on the roster, and he'll uh, be uh, in the rotation in the middle with Bowers and Cummings. But it's still uh, Euclid Cummings uh, on the coach's show on Monday night, uh, Jason Moss talked about how well Euclid Cummings played mm-hmm. in the game last week in Ottawa. So he's playing well right now. Dequan Bowers, I think, has been pretty special when he's been in the lineup. And the thing that was kind of getting to me with Dequan Bowers is we weren't seeing him enough because they were in that three-man rotation in there uh, with Sewell and Cummings. But we're going to see a lot more of him in the game tonight and maybe in the next couple of games while Sewell is out. So I'm, I'm anxious to, to get a look at him just off the top of my head. I believe he's got three sacks and about four or five pressures, so he's a guy who can get to the quarterback for sure. Okay, well, that's that's going to be an interesting set to watch. Um, the Eskimos, we know about their close games, um, and the Bombers, and I was talking about this with Doug Brown, they have won three games by scoring on the last play. So I, I hope you and Dave are, are, are ready to, to have the energy right to the end of this one. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, you're right. I think the thing for everyone to remember tomorrow night is don't leave early. If you're at the game, stay till the end. If you're watching or listening to the game, stay till the end. Uh, the Eskimos have had four come-from-behind wins in the fourth quarter. The Blue Bombers have had three this year. So uh, this one's going to go down to the wire like it usually does. I think the key for the Eskimos, Reed, is to be up four points in the fourth quarter because you don't want to be in a position where uh, Justin Medlock can come in and hit a 57-yarder to tie it or win it for the Bombers. So I think the key is for the Eskimos, just have a four-point lead in the fourth quarter, and you should be okay. The Bombers' offense... Uh, they get into field goal position pretty well, but uh, they, they they have trouble in the red zone. They do not get the ball into the end zone enough, especially for the chances they get and for the amount of times 
the defense turns the ball over for them, just like last year. They they don't they don't do enough work in the red zone. When they get there, they're okay, but a lot of their drives stall between the twenty and the thirty, okay. and they have to go with uh, they have to go with uh, field goals from Justin Medlock at that point. Is is there anybody in the league that's close to him in terms of pure leg strength? I don't think there is. Brett Maher's got a pretty good leg uh, for sure in Ottawa, but I don't think. Uh, Medlock's been doing it for a long time. He is number one percentage-wise in the history of the Canadian Football League, and he hit what a 57-yarder this year uh, to win a football game. So yeah, he's uh, he's very dependable. He kicks a lot of field goals too. I think he's got uh, about six or seven more than anybody else does in the Canadian Football League, and that's because, as I just mentioned, he gets a lot of opportunities where other teams maybe are scoring touchdowns. He's getting uh, he's getting a chance to kick field goals. All right, and in terms of the Eskimos kicking game, I mean, Sean White's been incredibly reliable for the last three seasons. He's on the six-game injured list. Hugh O'Neill, the former U of A Golden Bear, has stepped in. Did you get the impression the Eskimos are pretty happy with O'Neill? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We'll hear from uh, Hugh O'Neill on the uh, Countdown to Kickoff show tomorrow night as we head into the football game. I talked to him this week, and uh, he certainly doesn't look like he's been out of the game for a year and a half. Uh, he's, uh, what, I uh, believe he's six for seven on field goals. He missed a convert. Uh, but he's been punting terrifically, 49-yard average on punts. And last week in Ottawa, it was his punt that set up the game-winning field goal because he had the perfect punt. And by perfect punt, I mean it rolled out of bounds at the one-yard line. Uh, Ottawa set up on their own one. Uh, it was a two-and-out for the defense. Then the offense took over the ball after the kick and then scored the, the game-winning touchdown. So it worked perfectly last week for the Eskimos. Uh, he's punting very well. He also had a punt that he got out of bounds at the 11-yard line. So it's it's been pretty good for, for Hugh O'Neill. He's done a terrific job for a guy who hasn't kicked for a year and a half. And again, if I go back to the coaches' show on Monday, Jason Moss said that he went to work all of last year, and he said, I'd walk by the field house and I'd look in and I'd see uh, Hugh O'Neill working out. He'd be kicking balls. He'd be kicking field goals. He'd be punting. So he's been working hard to get the second chance, and he got a second chance, and he's making the most of it right now. Right on. All right, Morley, it's going to be fun. I know you and Dave are going to have a great call. I think Blake's going to join you as well. Thanks a lot for your time tonight, buddy. Looking forward Anytime, to hearing you. Reed. Talk to you later, man. That's Morley Scott. 5 o'clock tomorrow, countdown to kickoff, 6.30 for the start of the game. 7-0 and Eskimos, 5-2 and Blue Bombers. Uh, I expect uh, a close one. I mean, the Bombers are dangerous. We didn't even talk about Andrew Harris, the uh, Canadian running back, who remains one of the most dangerous weapons in the league. And you look at his stats, uh, uh, excellent running back, and he can catch it out of the backfield too. A lot for the Eskimos to worry about, but I think they bring a lot for the Bombers to worry about as well. It is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. The Blue Jays are up 3-1 on Tampa Bay. That's in the top of the seventh. It is 7-18. A little more on the Eskimos, more on Leon Dreisaitl's new deal as we move along. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Jumping out to a one nothing lead on the Prospects. Game four of the WNBL Championship Series. Prospects are up two games to one in the best of five. So they can win it tonight. Swift Current scoring one in the top of the first. Still one nothing now into the top of the second. This portion of the show presented by Action Furnace. Home of the fixed right or it's free guarantee. You can visit them online at actionfurnace.ca. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. The text line is 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Oh, my goodness. I'm almost in disbelief. It's Chris from Phoenix on the open line. Well, good evening, Chris from Phoenix. 
How are you doing, Mr. Wilkins? I'm doing quite well. I'm happy to hear from you. Me too. I'm uh, excited. Uh, we signed our big, uh, big uh, German today, so that's awesome. I'm kind of surprised, to be honest. If I was, if I was other teams in the league, I would have at least tried to put an offer sheet on this kid. The kid's a stud. Let's face it. Even, you know, it's he, he's he's amazing. The, the kid, the kid is 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 a number one line center on uh, a vast majority of the teams in the league, and he's going to be our second line center slash. Uh, Connor McDavid's wingman on on the right wing, so I'm very excited. Uh, the common denominator for uh, the last uh, what decade, decade and a half has been uh, solid centers win Stanley Cups, mm-hmm. and uh, and we have two very 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 good centers. And uh, well, one's a franchise, and one's a um, you know a, a, a number one center also. So I'm very excited. The season cannot start soon enough because I want to see us beat up on the on the Calgary Flames. I want to see Drysidle and uh, McDavid skate circles around Hamannick. Um, so I'm just excited. It's 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 a great day to be an Oilers fan. I, I remember the days when we were trying to uh, persuade Peter Nedved and his uh, supermodel girlfriend to try to come to Edmonton and sign. And, and this is a far cry from those days. So anybody, any Oilers fan that's uh, that's has anything negative to say about this. Just think back to those days and think back to the 10 years of, of incompetence that we've uh, had to witness. So this is great, and uh, that's all I have, and let's go Oilers. All right, Tris, thanks for calling. I mean, I'm going to reference uh, one of the most infamous quotes, I think, in recent Oilers history, and uh, that was by head coach Dallas Akins a few seasons ago, where at the start of training camp he said, I have two NHL centers, and uh, those were Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Boyd Gordon. And uh, he kind of was like, well, we'll see who else uh, gets those jobs. And the Oilers weren't very good that year. Well, now you got Connor McDavid at center, uh, maybe Leon Dreisaitl at center. I think he'll certainly play there some of the time, if not all the time. Peter Shirelli said earlier on the show that uh, he says, you know, Leon Dreisaitl will, in his mind, wind up as a center. Whether that's this year or not, we shall see. Ultimately, up the head coach and Todd McClellan and Leon himself, depending on how he plays. Uh, but yeah, now you got McDavid down the middle. You got Drysider down the middle. Nugent Hopkins down the middle. Uh, Latestu down the middle. Strom can possibly play there. Uh, Kajula can possibly play there. I'm not saying they're all uh, all stars, but at least there are some more interchangeable parts on the Oilers, and that is something that uh, we haven't seen for a long time. So uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, promising. I, I know uh, I'm sure Bob will talk about this when he comes up. I, I know there's uh, some sentiment out there and when you look at Twitter you can pretty much find sentiment for anything uh, but but you know the, why the Oilers pay him that much it's like well you know I, I still think it's a good problem to have and I know people have texted in well they're going to owe McDavid and Dreisaitl 21 million combined well like Shirelli said it, that's going to be the job of the management team to, to have the proper pieces around them at the proper price point and I'd sooner have that problem as opposed to be looking for those star players who are, are going to be high-scoring guys for your team. Anyway, Stoffer's coming up next. It's 726. We'll have a little more on the Eskimos game against the Bombers. You'll hear from head coach Jason Moss as the Eskimos try to take it to a startling 8-0 to start the 2017 season. What's that uh, stat I put there uh, out there a couple days ago, Kellen? In the last 36 regular season and playoff games in which Mike Riley has started at quarterback, the Eskimos are 27-9. and Pretty impressive. We're back after the 7.30 news.
This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. And now it's Sekra. Cuts behind the net. Centers. What timer score? Leon Drysaddle buries it. And Edmonton has knocked off Anaheim. 3 2 in overtime. Back in early December, Drysaddle sinking the Ducks in overtime. He did it again on April 1st, then had a five-point game against the Ducks in the playoffs, and that's the headline today here in Oil Country. Dreisaitl's new contract, eight years, $68 million. Dreisaitl represented by Octagon Entertainment and Mike Liut. I had Liut on the show earlier tonight, and uh, I said, you know, what's uh, was it always going to be uh, eight years? Were you looking at a shorter term? What was going on? I guess priority would, might, would be a good word for it. Um, we certainly were more focused on uh, something six to eight years rather than uh, two to four. Uh, we really didn't get into any of that. I mean, that that was. I mean, any a shorter term uh, horizon. Um, so, uh, you know, I guess it, you know at the end it might have been a, a fallback position, but uh, really didn't play uh, any kind of a role in this uh, in the negotiations. And Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli also joined me, and he looks ahead. What I can say, generally speaking, is that um, we've got two very significant pieces tied up in a good way, and, uh, and you know, it's up to us as hockey ops first people to, to put the rest of the pieces in place and maintain the rest of the pieces. Dreisaitl excelled on Leon on uh, Connor McDavid's right wing. Also excelled at center when he was there. I asked Shirelli about Leon's position. I, I, I think he's a natural center. He is a natural center, but the way he's shooting the puck now, the way he's he's receiving the puck on the wing, you could easily say he's a natural winger. Um, I, you know, it's just again, I, I I don't know where he's going to end up and when he'll end up there. He's very proficient at both. He showed a real Willingness to do uh, to play on the wing, and, he, and he's excelled at it. Um, I, I see him as a centerman down the line, and that may be as early as this year. I, I leave it up to Todd, and uh, he's done a good job of moving him around the lineup, and and uh, now he can do it for eight more years. Well, <laughs> absolutely, and uh, Drysdale has repeatedly said. Uh, he'll play anywhere. He joked with Brendan Ulrich on Oilers Now earlier today. He'll play anywhere except goal. He'll leave that to Cam Talbot, I think. But uh, Bob Stoffer is the host of Oilers Now on 630 Chet, the Oilers color analyst. He checks in now, even though he's uh, got some time away from work. Hey, Bob, good to hear from you, man. How are you doing? Good, Rick. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for chiming in uh, tonight. Thanks for for waiting there. I just wanted to get some of those uh, some of those uh, clips on the show. I, I got to say when I when I asked Mike Liud about the deal and uh, because there was some speculation, could this be the the old fashioned bridge deal? Could it be as simple as uh, eight year, uh, five years, forty million dollars, so he gets eight per, eight per year? But but Liud pretty clear there, Bob. It was it was pretty much going to be six to eight longer term the entire time. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, Reed, I look at it like this. You know, I mean, you and me kind of, uh, you're uh, a few years younger, though. You don't look a few years younger. Uh, you know, we grew up in the 80s and watched maybe the greatest, certainly the most uh, dynamic offensive team in NHL history basically get disbanded because of money. 
and and even uh, and so that was one generation of Oilers fans. And then, you know, uh, the fans kind of fell in love with that group in the late 1990s. And ultimately, Kevin Lowe had to trade Kevin. Uh, you know, he had to trade Doug Waite and Bill Guerin basically because of money. Well, now we're in a cap system, and the Oilers have two players uh, that they got with top three overall picks, and they've got those guys uh, both for the next eight seasons uh, during the course of time in which they're likely to be at their best. And so, to me, if you told me back on whenever we finished up in that playoff series against Anaheim, that the Oilers would get eight-year deals done on both players, I would have blocked Slapshots in the news to see that happen. I would have been that happy about it. And so from my end, because of the history here and knowing some of the challenges the Oilers organization have encountered in the past, I'm pretty excited that, uh, they, you know, McDavid accepted the eight-year deal and took a little bit of a haircut, in my opinion. And then in terms of dry settle, I realize it's a lot of money. It might not seem to be as much money by the end of the deal. And let's see how that goes. You got both guys for eight years. You're talking about the number one and eight, number eight ranked score in the NHL last season. These are truly elite players. So I, I think it's an exciting day for Edmonton. You want to you want to talk about other aspects of lineup and how it's going to change things? All right, that's fair game. But from the, the perspective solely on McDavid and Drysdale, I think it's a pretty exciting time for the organization. Frankly, Reed, I got to tell you, I'm surprised it got done before. Uh, September 1st, but please that I got done before September 1st. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I know, and I'm sure you got this too. I, I would get the odd text or phone call. Well, what, you know, what if, what if there's an offer sheet? What, what if, what if the Oilers are somehow forced to trade them? And I said, look, don't, don't be concerned about that. The only, to me, the most realistic concern was. Does it go past September 15th? Does he miss part of camp? Does he miss preseason games? Could it drag on and maybe you get a rusty player or a not up to speed player? So yeah, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that it's that it's done. And uh, I'm just, you know what, Bob? I'm just going to play this on the fly. I don't have it. I'm going to put you on hold, Bob, so you can hear this. Uh, I'm just going to try to join it in progress because I forgot to cut it out. But here's my... Uh, Here's my final question for uh, Peter Shirelli. Signed, but you know, are, are you hoping now that you can be pretty quiet between now and now the start of the season, or do you think there's a, there's a tweak or two that's necessary? Uh, I, I'm thinking it's going to be pretty quiet. <laughs> okay, that was the whole answer, Bob. <laughs> there's... Wow, uh, I agree. I would. I mean, I let's just see what they got. You know, maybe somebody comes in on a. Uh, I know I got asked about a couple of college guys today. It makes no sense for Will Butcher, the defenseman out of uh, Denver. The Oilers have got a lot of left-shot defensemen and other prospects in the organization. Alexander Kerfoot out of Harvard. I don't think Edmonton would be in the top five from Kerfoot's perspective. But uh, maybe there's some interest there. But, like, they're going to – Peter's going to – I don't want to speak for Peter on this, but the writing's on the wall here. Like, he's going to have – a very uh, intriguing next offseason as well. But got the two guys signed long-term, as long as the Oilers could sign them, they didn't need to get signed. And, and to me, that's a big deal, especially when you factor in, you know, put it this way, we could have a possibility that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle are Oilers longer than Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier. That's, that's, like, that is that, that is in place. That can happen. And as somebody who, as at the time, as an Oilers fan, lived through the, the heartbreak of seeing Wayne during game trading, and uh, and seeing uh, you know 
get creative spots sold and Ian Wayne getting sold. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't reinforce that more. And, you know, it's interesting, Reed, and I'm going to throw it back there. Um, I interviewed Wayne Grebsky when he was coaching Phoenix, and it was in January of 2008. Daryl was pursuing, Daryl Tate was pursuing the Edmonton Oilers at that time. And I brought up the fact that there's not a lot of trust in the single ownership. Look what we had to happen with Peter Bosnick. We had to sell off the great stars of that era. And Wayne Gretzky shut that right down. And he's like, you're talking about somebody that's got a different wherewithal. Edmonton's had a different place. The Oilers, some fans don't want to hear this. If you want to sit there and you're angry, you know, there's, there's just some a percentage of Oilers fans, and, and some of them might be bitter bloggers that wish they were doing other things, but uh, the Oilers, they've got a different sort of financial clout and muscle. That they can that they can throw around a bit now in the current NHL where Edmonton has really been since even dating back to the 0405 lockout since that time the Oilers have been contributors to revenue sharing they really are at a different place and today for me that was reinforced because they didn't buckle at signing Drysdale to a big ticket it's a big ticket but I, I'm from the school you don't nickel and dime top end players. They're top-end players. You want a happy, cohesive uh, dressing room. You want guys that want to work, and Leon and Connor want to work, and away you go. You know, and Bob, I want to I want to just throw something at you here. And Brandon asked me about this today, and I was I was on Calgary Radio, and they asked me about it. And, and people are like, "Well, what's you know?" And I and I asked you know Peter about it too. But people are like, "Well, what's what's next for Drysital? How does he develop?" And Bob, a big thing for me is. No, I, I didn't pick out a physical thing like face-offs or skating or a backhand shot. What, I mean, to me, and Todd McClellan referenced this several times, not just with Leon, Bob, but, but often with Leon, probably most often with Leon, that telling him, reminding him, it's okay for you to be the best player. It's okay for you to grab the, bulls, the bull by the horns. Connor McDavid is incredible. Most nights he's, he's going to be the Oilers' best player. But Todd wants other players, and I think Leon to lead the way to have that alpha male attitude. I mean, there's room for more than one alpha male on the team as as long as they're all they're all getting along. And maybe if Leon's the center on his own line, if Connor's having a two or three point night, I you know I think they want Leon to have that mentality where it's like, oh, okay, Leon's the offensive guy tonight. I'm going to check, or I'm not going to take a chance. They want to push him to say, that's great. Connor got two or three. I'm going to get two or three of my own, and we're going to put this one away. And that's what I'm most interested to see if if he you know can be the shark out there uh, that is going out there and really grabbing it. Because if they do wind up on separate lines and they're both able to push for that, and Leon's able to say, I don't care what Connor's doing, I'm going and getting my piece of the pie, I think that's when they become uber dangerous. Well, you know what, Reed? You're down at uh, Roger's place for half the practices a year, okay? And you see the difference in terms of a work ethic that McDavid and Drysdale put in compared to perhaps some guys who preceded them. And, uh, you know, I, I can tell you as a guy, who's, I'm probably at about 10 of practice. Sometimes on the road, I'm, I'm hosting others now at a hotel room, and I'm not at practice. You learn a lot by watching guys interact and pay attention. And, uh, you know, there's the same, uh, the seven P's of life, right? Prior uh, preparation for performance and practice prevents piss poor performance or whatever. Something flat <laughs> right. And, and, and I really think that, you know, Leon, uh, Leon has it in him that 
you know, I, I communicated this to somebody today. Uh, you know, Everton didn't get lucky once, they got lucky twice. They really did. I mean, if Dreisaitl goes to Siri instead of Prince Albert, he's gone in the top two picks in 2014 because he's putting up huge numbers playing in the area on a team with Connor McGavin, and everybody's seen him all the time. Because, uh, you know, Leon was a late first date, and Connor was the next first year, but they both would have gone in in 2012. Right. Or, sorry, in, right? And so, the Oilers got lucky. And and I, I still, I, I used to say Leon's got more game to give, except Reedy finished the year, and, you know, all he did down the stretch was have 85 points, you know, and the team, uh, you know, it was ridiculous. I mean, he had 85 points in the team's final 79 games. And so he was that productive. And, he, and, he, and we're talking about a 21-year-old guy. So I, I'm actually, I, people say, well, you're giving too much to him. You can't have it both ways. You can't sit there and say, well, we've got to lock these guys down. And then go, well, you're giving up too much too early. You know what? You, you pay you pay for quality. And, and for other fans, you're getting quality in those two players. There's no debate. Like, you want to debate the Sean Barkoff's salary? That was the that contract at that time. That, that's fair game, but that was the cost of doing business back in those uh, days and ages for the Edmonton Oilers. And that's sort of reinforced where Edmonton's at. And that's what I mean about the clout of where the Oilers are at right now. Now they're getting guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl committed and wanting to be a part of things for the next eight years. And what is it, what message does that sound to other players uh, or attend to other players on the league? And I think that's why people can be excited. I have no concern, Reid. I, I heard your interview with uh, Brendan before as I was driving back in around town today and 100% I believe that the, the you know Leon's going to push on nights and maybe 20 nights a year be the best player on the ice and maybe Connor's the best player on the ice 30 games a year and the next true big contract that the Oilers have is going to be Talbot because he's the guy that's going to be the best Oilers in those right. other, other you know 30-35 games so I, I totally agree with you uh, and the other thing that's got to happen here is they're going to need some other guys in time maybe schedule in the short term uh, maybe over the next couple of years, uh, a Paul Yarby and a Yamamoto on the right side contribute at, at decent price points. But I think today's a pretty exciting day. And frankly, I was a little bit surprised at some of the negative literal that was out there. I, I, I got, you know, I, I get the, the question that came on the, you know, the fans hate Chris Russell. They're not around the team. They don't understand how Chris Russell, you know it, because you're in that room and you have guys like Matt Denny and Mark Lepetsky telling you, See the work that Russell does behind closed doors with our young defensemen. The defense goes from 27 to 8. It wasn't all on Talbot. It was because of guys like Larson and Russell. And you still have fans criticizing the acquisition of Larson and the signing to Russell. So it is what it is, I guess, until you win the Cup. Maybe you don't get it. And even after they won the Cup, well, they've only won one. Right. Like, <laughs> like, I'm we, have, we have a statement of our fans. I call them the yeah, but guys. And, you know, they're, they're, and I, I'd be very interested to know, you know what their personal politics were. But there's a percentage of a fan base, like, I grew up with a, a fan base that was devastated by losing truly elite players. And now the organization has signed two truly elite, like the best case scenario in the offseason was getting McDavid and Drysdale signed to eight-year contracts. They've got that done. It's, I think it's a great day for other fans. Yeah, but Bob, you can't worry about the yeah, but guys. Uh, before, yeah, <laughs> before I let you go, uh, you are a selective tweeter, uh, and I, I do enjoy your weekly post-game Eskimo tweet. 
And uh, there have been a lot of good things to say about the about the team so well, they're far. Only seven and zero. They're Reed. only seven and zero. I guess I guess there's nothing to complain about there. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm amazed they're seven and zero given the significant amount of injuries that they've had. Now, have they lost both of those defensive linemen that got hurt last week? Uh, Sewell is on the one game. Howard is on the six game, and yeah, his looked like it uh, could be a, could be a long time. Yeah, like. You know, I, I got to tell you, I think Calgary is better than Edmonton, but I think Edmonton's capable of beating Calgary as they get healthier during the year and come playoff time because I don't think Calgary's won as much as they probably should have based upon how good that program, and it is a program in football, how good they've been for a number of years. Uh, obviously, Ed Hervey's got to get some of the credit for yep. some players in, but so too does Brock Sunderland, and uh, Jason Moss has done a good job. But they got Reed. It starts with that driver quarterback. I mean, they got a guy that gives you confidence that they can win every game. And uh, now they've had they, their, their O-lines and D-lines kick the snot out of Ottawa in that last game. If anything, for in my mind, Ladarius Perkins, he, he didn't capitalize and hit those holes as hard as he did in the previous game. That was a little bit concerning to me. Uh, they, they traditionally play very well in Winnipeg's new stadium. Yep. Uh, i got to tell you, I think they're going to lose. Just because of the, the hits on the D line, like that's a big one for me. But every time I think they're going to lose, they keep on winning. So uh, I'd like nothing more to see the Eskimos going to Calgary at eight and one, or Jesus, or what are they? They're seven and zero right now, or nine. I mean, it's been put it this way: it's been an incredible time. And Reed, I'm going to throw this your way. In my mind, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that we could ever repeat of 1987. Oh, wouldn't that be incredible? Hey, like, like I, I'm serious. I could see the Eskimos winning the Grey Cup in the fall, and I could see the Oilers winning the Stanley Cup in the in the spring, and and it would not be a surprise. Like in in '05 and '06, when the Eskimos won the Grey Cup in, the, in '05, that was a surprise. Like, let's not forget they had to go on the road to start yep. in the Western Semi, and nobody saw the Oilers getting to the Stanley Cup final. But th- these two teams, in my opinion, as long as Riley doesn't get hurt. Uh, I think the Eskimos have got a puncher's chance. And with the Oilers, I think we're looking over the next seven to eight years. Seven of the next eight years, it's my belief, the Oilers will finish with at least 45 wins and 100 points in the season. Maybe one year McDavid gets hurt, God forbid. But the rest of the time, like they're going to be they're going to be a top six NHL team during that stretch. 1983 Warren Moon CFL MOP and obviously Gretzky won the uh, Hart Trophy so there could be another uh, little double for the city as well but you're right the team championships would be much cooler Bob thanks for taking so much time uh, to join me tonight I always love having you on the show enjoy the rest of your week off man I'll see you soon yeah, take care. Bye-bye. That's Bob Stoffrey, host Oilers Now, noon to two on this very station. Brendan Ulrich's been filling in for Bob as uh, Bob gets a little bit of our Great talk, chalk there uh, with Bob. Love having him on the show. And uh, I, I think most of you are excited, even if you want to quibble about some of the dollars, about having these two young stars locked up for a long time. Blue Jays leading Tampa Bay 3-2, top of the eighth. We'll tell you how the Edmonton prospects are doing when we get back, and you'll hear a little bit from head coach, uh, Eskimos head coach, Jason Moss. Inside Sports on Chet. 
Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, Eskimos Bombers tomorrow on 630 Chet. Here's what's going to happen. At 5 o'clock, it's the countdown to kickoff show. The game will start at 6.30. Eskimos 7-0, Bombers 5-2. Head coach Jason Moss ready for a stretch of four straight games against the West. You know, right now, we can't be caught unless we screw it up. That's the way I look at things. Mm-hmm. So I look at tell our guys, look, you focus every week and you keep playing the way you're playing, they're going to have a hard time catching you. So um, I don't want to think otherwise. That's just being confident. That's being uh, positive. Uh, but no question, when you match up with these teams, they don't get another opportunity. They lose two points that week, you gain two points. It's a four. That's why they call it a four-point swing uh, when you play the Western opponent. And uh, we're looking for that challenge, or looking forward to that challenge. We also only play these guys twice. So, you know, there's a series of, of points that go into that, too. So you'd like to take the first one. Um, and win, obviously I want to win them all. So, you know, but it starts with this one. All right, so Bombers tomorrow, Riders at Commonwealth next Friday, then the Labor Day home and home against Calgary. Going to be exciting next four games for the Eskimos. The Edmonton Prospects, top of the fourth Remax field in a 1-1 tie now with Swift Current. If the Prospects win the game, they win the championship. If they lose the game, they go back to Swift Current for a decisive game five tomorrow night. Blue Jays still up 3-2 on Tampa Bay there in the top of the eighth. More on the dry sidle signing on 630chet.com. And uh, don't forget, again, to join us for the Eskimos broadcast starting at 5 tomorrow afternoon. Want to thank our guests tonight, Peter Shirelli, Mike Liute, Doug Brown, or Franchuk, Morley Scott, and Bob Stoffer. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Our studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. If you miss anything, go to the Inside Sports page on 630chet.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate that you tuned in tonight. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.